everyone got one What's your opinion? This is the rare room Tons won't be bitten Ain't no rules Just spill it And anybody can get it No limit We get to kill it You tuning into the thrillers And no, ain't no stopping no. Any topic Even the random I hope that you ready We entering in the zone soon We on a grown shit Welcome to the rare room Yo, <laughs> I'm all loud. <laughs> What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and welcome to the Screenwriter's Rant Room, where we keep it street, we keep it opinionated, and we keep it what? 100. Yes, I there got it today. Go. Okay, for y'all <laughs> listeners, okay, y'all hear us every week, and Lisa always is I've off. been rehearsing, y'all. I've been okay. practicing. <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing this for like three or four months now. And she still be off. Thank you. Damn I, it, I, I, Janet. I was, I, was, I was driving up here practicing, looking, <laughs> probably running over people, looking in the rearview mirror going, 100. That's her Valley Girl side, my... too much, see? <laughs> I am. Southern Cali. <laughs> so, Trip, on this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting and stories. Yes. Cool. The craft. The craft. craft. Yeah, the craft. yeah, definitely. Um, so, y'all hear her. Let me introduce my girl. Lisa Bolakaja, aka, AKA what? the what? Who? Huh? Who, 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 that, who that is? <laughs> who that is? The street nerdish, y'all. Hello, who, who, who? Hello, people. And it's again, I am your host, Hilliard Guest. And uh, if you're grown, let's get it in. Buckle up. So, Trip, we got a special guest for you guys today. My man, my home team. <laughs> I know him from way back. Special, special guest, Rick Reynolds from Screenplay Festival. What's happening, my man? I'm doing well. How are you? You good? I am good. Are, are you relaxed look, over there? Look oh, no. <laughs> we don't bike. He's looking all nice and tan and stuff. I look know. So Southern California, uh-huh. Hollywood. I love it. I'm a native. I love He's, it. That's right. Where are you from? So where are you from? I grew up in the Valley. All right. Studio <gasps> City. Yes. Another LA person. A native. Mm-hmm. She's from San Diego. So, the natives are so rare. Mm-hmm. We're like the, the redheaded stepchildren. You know, we're, just, we're like a unicorn of California. Like, you were born here. <laughs> so, like I said, we got my man Rick Reynolds here from Screenplay Festival. So, let me just tell you guys a little bit of how I know Rick, mm-hmm. you know, from way back. It's been a couple of years. I can't remember. So, I entered a screenplay in 2010. Nine. No, no, even before that. Oh. I won honorable mention as another script. Okay. 2000. Fuck. I should have looked this up. I want to say 2007 or 8 or something. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, um, with another script, and I won honorable mention there. Now, and then a few years later, I ended up winning the grand prize. Um, 2010, was yeah, it? Yeah, it was 2010. 2010, yeah, for my, my horror script at the time. And Rick. I just have to tell you this. I know we kind of went over it a little bit back then. I've won a lot of competitions, a lot of people know. But Rick's competition is the first competition I ever did where, like, Thursday you're getting your check. Thursday I got my check. You know what I mean? Wow. He's, yeah. And I remember I sent you an email going, damn, dude, really? <laughs> you know, seriously? A professional. Yeah. Like he was, and he was, like, organized. He would send you, like, emails, keeping you up on everything. Oh, you I know? love that. God yeah. bless you. Oh, my God. We Go do ahead. our best. We we take it I as a business. Not definitely, to... definitely. Thank you. And um, so I just wanted to say on the air, you know, thank you for being so businesslike and freaking on his shit. Right. <laughs> thank you for noticing. Definitely, right. definitely. So let, let's talk about you a little bit, like where you, um, well, we talked about where you come from, but let's talk about how you got into writing and how you started Screenplay Festival. I, I got know. into writing 
like most writers, I was always writing as a kid, mm-hmm. wrote short stories, wrote yes. this, wrote that. <laughs> yes. You and that, I was one of those guys in college. Well, it was also always, always to get girls. But mm-hmm. when I, I wrote a play one day, I started a play and it turned into a screenplay. Hmm. And I was lucky enough, I was going to UC Santa Barbara and there was a screenwriting class. Okay. Like screenwriting 101 kind of class where it was very cool. A retired... Hollywood producer, one of those guys with 40 years in Hollywood mm-hmm. from like 1940 to 1980, mm-hmm. made a ton of A and B movies, just mm-hmm. huge history. He went to the university and said, I just retired. I got nothing to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't graduate from college, but I was a producer for 40 years. So mm-hmm. how about I teach a screenwriting class? Really funny. And they, they let him do it. Hmm. And you at, had to submit a sample. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And you had to submit a sample to get Didn't into his class. Didn't have to be class. no professor, nothing. And here's the thing. He was so, <laughs> he was so self-deprecating, isn't mm-hmm. You know, I don't have... Dude, 40 years, okay. a professional... You don't need... You 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 can create a degree mm-hmm. for people. Mm-hmm. So people, if you don't, and you're a professional, and you've been doing it for a long time, please don't say, I'm just... I, mm-hmm. I'm not... Please, stop it. <laughs> Go ahead. Absolutely. And, and, and you had to submit a sample, and he mm-hmm. read the sample to let you in. He only let in, I think, 10 people. Shut up, First semester, yeah. <laughs> cool. And there you go. And that kind of inspired me, and I... Then from there, I went on the the chain of writing and entering contests and whatnot. And I think I told you where so we So what year are we in? If you don't want to age you, but how far back are we? Oh, no, I'm 90s? old. I'm old. I'm comfortable being old. Okay. This was... He old, John. He really this old. This was uh, the 80s. <laughs> this was okay. probably 88, right. 89, 88, hmm. 89. Oh, God. I remember those days. Hip-hop and it's... And, and it's, it's prime. prime. And <laughs> it was. There was, there was a lot prime. of great. There was a lot of great things going on. Yeah, there, I graduated high school '88. Mm. Look, <laughs> see, you're young. You're young. <laughs> Wait, y'all looking at me old. like what? You're like. Uh, <laughs> 2000. <laughs> <laughs> She's like 2006. I graduated high school. <laughs> I'm a baby. <laughs> so how did you ev- eventually start um, Screenplay Festival? What, yeah, well, what, I was part of the team starting Screenplay Festival. It was uh, some a manager, someone who'd actually worked like me as a screenwriter mm-hmm. and behind the camera a bit in mm-hmm. independent film and whatnot. Okay. And a few of us, we had won awards at other contests. Mm-hmm. And had an experience, which you might have had, I guess, mm-hmm. which was they weren't very well run. Sure. And they didn't seem to help us much. Mm-hmm. In fact, I won one, and I won't name it, <laughs> but it was sponsored by one of the main agencies. Really? And, then, and you thought, okay, this is going to be great. Mm-hmm. And then what happened is right after the festival occurred, there was a conflict between that agency and yeah. the contest politics and all of a sudden mention. they're like yeah we don't even want to meet you really and they had sponsored wow that was so the idea came that someone could do this and do it better mm-hmm. do it smarter mm-hmm. now see lisa and, and i was... talk about that all the time about in in regard to screenplay writing or writing uh, tv and what in particular how you that the, the majority of people I hear who succeed like did what you did. Like there was a void missing somewhere, mm-hmm. a story missing somewhere right. or something, and it forced them to go, you know, fuck it. I'm going to create that. I'm going to build that. I'm going to make that. Right. You know? But go ahead. Well, that was 2002, mm-hmm. our first year. And I believe it started with one piece of paper that had like really? seven tasks to get done on it. You know, <laughs> reserve the name, mm-hmm. do this, do that, build a website. Mm-hmm. And we got up and running. 
What you know? was that first year like for you guys? Was it overwhelming the the amount of scripts that came in, or the first year was overwhelming because we uh, went very aggressive on marketing. That was back mm-hmm. when you had to send a letter in the mail. Oh my yeah. god! Remember that? <laughs> remember, you probably remember getting like sure. you get like contests like. Enter mm-hmm. this contest, and you got a form in the mail uh-huh. to fill out. Right. And we had to do it that way. You know, you'd pay a company. Uh, we paid a lot of money to like mm-hmm. send to a big list of everyone I think who subscribed to Script Magazine or okay. something, okay. something like that. Mm-hmm. So we got tons of them in the mail. Mm-hmm. And less than a decade later, we get nothing in the mail now. <laughs> everything, everything is email. Because everybody does PDFs now with the right. scripts. Every, if you can't make a PDF, in fact, when someone submits, mm-hmm. if it's not a PDF. They get read just like I convert it into a PDF to go to the judges. Sure. But if the judges saw it wasn't a PDF, mm-hmm. they'd probably assume this person isn't for real. They wrote this in Word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People Which still sure write in Word. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's funny. All right. So you eventually started, started that. And how long did it take for you guys to feel like you guys were part of the game, if you will? You know what I mean? Where people started hearing about you guys and it became... You know what I mean? You know the question I'm trying to ask? You know, where, where, where it felt like you guys were not just a small Y'all, little thing. Basically, you're legit. Where we feel like, you know what, it's not legit and like, oh, they're not. But in terms of like branding and, hey, this is something, hey, I should consider, you know, submitting something to this and sure. just getting known. Yeah, yeah I think brand. there's two, two things were involved in feeling legit, which mm-hmm. honestly, I probably... As a as a member of the screenplay festival team, mm-hmm. I don't feel that legit. <laughs> I thought you were too legit to quit. Yes. Well, no, you know, it's it's part of the fun of you know, man has laptop and mm-hmm. can work from a coffee house or his apartment true, or true. anywhere. You know, so it makes you feel like, am I am I a mm-hmm. legitimate uh, business person? Mm-hmm. But it was having agents, managers, and producers having mm-hmm. them come to us and say we want to read your winners. Okay. Okay. I think when that happens, it makes you feel. Mm-hmm. involved mm-hmm. and then also just seeing a couple of people you know succeed mm-hmm. do well so far our winners haven't been produced theatrically mm-hmm. but i believe uh just recently one of our winners one of our 2007 winners mm-hmm. he had something go theatrical yeah, something yeah. he Is wrote after wrote the win. animated uh, yeah yes. it was uh, the yeah. legends of oz That's that right. uh writer adam balsam mm-hmm. ended up uh doing great That's a success true. story mm-hmm. and he Still thought of us and contacted us to let us know that he did it. Wow. I like that. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So um, when did it work for you? Well, let, let's talk about the process. Let's talk about the, pro- the process of what you guys do um, so we could get into like mistakes that writers make, you know, and et cetera, et cetera, Absolutely. et cetera. So let's talk about like what people need to do to prepare themselves to even submit to your uh, competition. What do they do? Well, interesting. To submit, you just have to have written a screenplay mm-hmm. and know how to use the internet. Okay. I mean, we take everything, and we do have a really strict policy. We're open-minded. There have been winners who were formatted wrong. Okay. So, you know, people who write in Word, people, but if you have a great idea and you have a natural talent, mm-hmm. we, we have a little meeting, and we sit down, and, you know, most of the judges are the same every year, but we say, you know, it's about the quality of writing. It's about mm-hmm. the quality of ideas. Let's not be the kind of snobs who, you know, if the title page and the first page are misformatted, Brad, throw it away. There's good ideas out there yeah, that, that, that inexperienced writers have, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's there's both. And, of course, there's perfectly formatted stuff that's, that's junk. Oh, my so. God. Mm-hmm. 
Don't we see them every day? It uh, looks so pretty yes. and professional. Yes. I thought it was a winner. <laughs> Although hundreds of times I've given people advice, just buy Final Draft. Mm-hmm. Just buy it. Just, just buy it. Just get fast. In the yeah. end, you know, there's nothing. There, there's online versions of other of competitors, mm-hmm. and I, it's just not as good. It's mm-hmm. not. Mm-mm. Nothing compares. You, just, mm-hmm. you have to buckle down and spend that money. I think that's really. I I, I have deep respect for that because. Even though when we're teaching about screenwriting and trying to prepare people for contests or just submitting to agents and things like that, is always be professional. You don't want to give them an excuse to not to not read your script or even look at it. Don't give them an excuse, the reader excuse to not mm-hmm. look at it. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you guys are so committed to story and you're like, you know what, there might be that person out there who just, you know what? They can learn that part of it, but exactly. that story is just—it's—it's it's a zinger, and we got to. Oh, that's—that's that's one that. quick rewrite. Mm-hmm. That's one quick polish mm-hmm. to get the formatting right. Sure, sure, sure. Right, and what I do respect, because I was looking at the website, and um, I love the fact, and kudos to you guys for doing this, that you have different genre categories for your yeah. scripts. Mm-hmm. That. I mean, I, I mean, now, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, that's good. But in the beginning, when I mm-hmm. first started, mm-hmm. I would always worry about that. It's like, but what if I have a really good horror script mm-hmm. and I'm up against like this drama script and people are like the drama, but yeah, but mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs won an Oscar and mm-hmm. it's great quality writing. Yeah, I think you guys were one of the first to do that. And if we're I still recall. one of the few, you know? I yes. guess. The uh, gentleman who runs Movie Bites is always mm-hmm. telling me when mm-hmm. I'm contacting the market, mm-hmm. and you, know, you ask other people, what should we put out there when we're advertising he says oh the categories just mm-hmm. tell everyone you take different categories okay. because honestly as a the reason we have categories is because I always kind of wrote comedy mm-hmm. and and another one of the founders was a horror guy mm-hmm. and you know every contest you'd enter you'd enter the nickel fellowship and you'd mm-hmm. go really far right and then a drama set in a concentration camp would win. Exactly. Yes. We, we've been there. I'm sorry. Have you, have you been watching my life story? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's true. It's and true. then what do agents and managers want to see? Mm-hmm. They want to see comedies and horror and, and you know, rom-com and this and that. And mm-hmm. they, Big you know, concept. and if you say, sure. oh, I wrote this really great drama, they go, well, like two of those make it a year. Right. Mm-hmm. What else do you have? You know? And yeah. the cool thing about it is you're giving actually more opportunities to more writers to get recognition. You That's know? true. We have, uh, I mean, we end up with five grand prize winners, like Hello. five top five. winners. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of honorable mentions in each category, mm-hmm. which makes a list for me to manage. Yes. But <laughs> <laughs> to, to get them those leads and those contacts. But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's important. We would never switch away from that. Well, that's, you just brought up something interesting. That's the other thing that you do, and I've won some other pretty big competitions. I can't think of any other ones to this day. I mean, like I said, I won that in 2010 with you guys. Even when I was an honorable mention, I still would get emails from him telling me about leads. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any other ones who's... I can't think of any of them. God, I wish Who's I, still I, wish, I wish I would have known about these guys like earlier. It's like you know I could have been sending so much stuff out you still get instead of li- <laughs> oh, I know, but I'm just saying in, as a as a baby writer in sure, the beginning, sure, it's sure. like I I probably would have sent more stuff out like, mm-hmm. oh, cuz you you do kind of limit yourself mm-hmm. when you're thinking, oh, cuz usually when you're interested in any type of uh, screenplay competition, what I usually try to do is I try to see who the previous winners were and try mm-hmm. to get a feel for what sure. readers are looking sure. for. Even with the nickels, mm-hmm. literally, I went down there and I'm mm-hmm. like, let me go, you know, let me go read this stuff. And mm-hmm. literally, one of the stories that won, uh, it was actually like an Irish 
Republican mm. Army, 1970. <laughs> <you're talking> right? <laughs> blah, you know, like literally, it was like one of the ones that won. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh shit, my little, <laughs> my little thing over here. Even though it was a great script, it was just mm. like, yeah. And, and some of the other scripts that won, I was like, yeah, that reader just they would not have had a fancy to it. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just glad you guys are doing what you're doing now because it just opens up the door for so many types of of genre stories. But let's talk about like what. Besides the the open up all the categories, what what is it that separates you guys? Do you think from the others? Um, well, we talked about the categories is one thing, and of course your efficiency when it's done. Mm-hmm. You know, right? That's getting definitely getting important. Done. Well, but I think what, that's what can we do to encourage other writers to submit to you guys? Like what? Well, besides the categories and our professionalism, because our professionalism mm-hmm. actually comes from I was a bank teller in college, ah. and. A bunch of other guys involved, uh, people involved were in customer service. So we actually mm-hmm. do kind of have a customer service vibe okay. where we see the people who enter the contest as our customers. Okay. They deserve to be treated with respect. Whereas I think a lot of other contests seem to have the, the Hollywood vibe, which mm-hmm. is, we're cool, you're not. Mm. What are you, you going to do for us? Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. we're like, what can we do for you? Mm-hmm. you know? Oh, I like we, that. We... Yeah. we, we want to serve those winners you know we want to see them do as well as they can and i'll attest to that because if i send him an email saying hey i just did this he's like hey do you mind if i promote this instead of me going hey dude would you promote this for me he'll literally promote it for you he'll ask you to promote it right you know which i think is a benefit to you and a benefit to the writer Mm -hmm. you know to be that kind of type of company that goes look at what our alumni have done Mm -hmm. you know this could be you right you know um Let's talk about what type of things you look for in scripts. Because Lisa and I talk about it all the time, and I know you know this, because you read thousands of scripts, too. Let's talk about what, what, what do you see in scripts that catches your eye that when you know from the first few pages, this, this guy is probably going to be a finalist, like when you first read it, for instance. It's always, on the first couple of pages, it's always dialogue. It's okay. dialogue and, and how the action, because you, know, you don't get an idea of plot yet. Mm-hmm. By page 10... Mm-hmm. You know you should have seen a plot point, <laughs> and you start going. If nothing's happened, and the dialogue and everything is so well written, you think mm-hmm. to yourself, "Oh, if you only knew that your story needed to start." Interesting. But you know that first page. On one page, you can tell if someone can write. Yeah. Okay. You can tell if what they can people, write dialogue. People. People. <laughs> people. Tell them. Tell them. Underline it. <laughs> How many times have we told you this? On page one, Hilly and I talk about one and five. Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna change it. It's one and two. Okay, really? Okay, you got yeah. one page to hook them and two pages to mm-hmm. keep them pretty much mm-hmm. now because literally the first page you look and you're like, okay, I'm mm-hmm. going to turn the page. And that dialogue, I'm so glad you said that because that's kind of like what I look at too is like, ooh, somebody snappy dialogue. Okay, here mm-hmm. we go. I want, I want to hang out with these people. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. You, get, you get a sense of who they are the first time they speak, right. you know, the first time you hear the first word. And like I always talk about how in um, even, even your action, the very first line of action has to grab them with the very first interior, you know, dark room night. Fade it. I mean, you got to get right into like what those words are that makes people go, ooh. Because I talk about rhythms a lot. I'm always interested in the rhythms of the way people say. <sighs> like you can feel mm-hmm. it in the way they speak by mm-hmm. the way that they're saying things. I'm like, ooh, that just sounds so poetic. Right. You know, but yet it's not like a book, but it's still keeps you interested because of the way it's written. Yeah, and I I I think also in terms of when you're reading it, people can write well-written scripts. Mm -hmm. We've seen them. Sure. A well-written script is not enough. Mm -hmm. 
you've got to be able to to make your script stand out. Is that language popping? Are those mm -hmm. visuals popping? Is the action sequence making my eye go down the page? Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that I hope that beginning writers are thinking about doing is is really, 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 just I mean I don't want to curse, but I'm just saying get your shit get your shit together. Yeah, you can tell okay, it. Get your okay, shit get together. it together because like literally, I mean I know you. I mean I'm sure you guys read lots of scripts. And is there a joy that you find, like when you get that first page and you're like, "I'm going to turn the page." Do you, is there a visceral moment for you? You're like, "Yes, here we go." I know, at my age, I don't have many visceral moments. <laughs> <laughs> but I will tell you, it's a relief. It's a relief. And I was just thinking as you guys were talking mm -hmm. that on page one, when someone's setting the scene, first of mm -hmm. all, that slug line, if it's interior bedroom night mm -hmm. instead of interior middle-class bedroom decorated this way, you know, you know, <laughs> sure, just sure, not sure. decorated, but, mm -hmm. and then at that first line, if there's, if the scene isn't even set, because mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, people just say, uh, Jim sits on the bed <sighs> instead of describing oh. the scene. You know, yes. I, I often tell screenwriters, you, mm -hmm. you are creating the film, you're projecting it inside someone's mind. Mm -hmm. You know, you want them to visualize mm -hmm. it on screen. And if you don't give them anything to visualize, you know, they either have to do it themselves, which is what you do when you first started reading scripts, mm -hmm. or you just don't, which is what you do after, I don't know how long it takes. <laughs> <laughs> but I know I personally, <laughs> I personally have a hard time rooting for someone if they don't give me some rich detail on page one and, mm -hmm. and some fun dialogue where it starts, you start picturing the character. Mm -hmm. And character descriptions are falling away. Yes. I've noticed as the year. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's people not paying attention to craft mm -hmm. or if it's someone out there is saying, don't waste too much time describing your character. I think it's a combination of that. I'm hearing a lot of them listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of people are saying you're spending too much time describing them. All we need is just, you know, um, he's he's a military man dressed, you know, dressed yeah. in the nines and we get it. People are telling people stuff like that. Well, but one sentence you can probably do it. Mm -hmm. One to two sentences, but Sometimes there's no description. True. Nothing. Mm -hmm. And like, I need more than a name. Agreed. <laughs> the white room syndrome, where it's kind of <laughs> like, mm. I mean, you do, I mean, it's kind of like even with, with, with fiction writing, mm -hmm. and that's kind of the terminology we use too, is the white room syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, moving back and forth between screenwriting and doing fiction writing, mm -hmm. I have to tell myself, hey, in fiction writing, I can describe and do all that world building. Mm -hmm. Screenwriting, I can't do so much. But with screenwriting, I have to make every line do a lot of work. True. You know, in an economical fashion. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, give you a sense of, well, what am I looking at? Where am I? What makes this makes me feel like I'm in the real place? Because honestly, when you read a script, by the time you're done with it, it should feel like you watched a movie. It should. Really, really good scripts. I feel like, I just saw, I just saw mm -hmm. a movie. Because yeah. I'm doing exactly what Rick was saying when I'm reading somebody's script. I'm looking at it on the screen in my head. Like you said, that's exactly the way I'm visioning. If I don't see it that way, I'm like, well, we dragged too long. Mm -hmm. I mean, the act break already came. You know, what happened about, you know, I'm constantly in my head about stuff. Let's talk about what, what, what kind of pet peeves do you have? Oh, please tell us. Um, Spill the secrets, Besides Rick. page one, like what, what, what common mistakes do you see that keep people from moving on to the next rung, if you will. One, one mistake I've noticed a lot is in the action, mm -hmm. instead of just describing what should be seen on screen, there's a little bit of communication to the reader. Okay. Something like, you know, this is, this is Bob, mm -hmm. who we're going to see later on in the script does mm -hmm. this. And, Ooh, what the and fuck is that? I just want to tell the person, 
that's not on screen. Yes. That the audience didn't see that. Mm-hmm. So you're you've just messed up. That had to be on screen somehow. Mm-hmm. They had to hear it or see it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a visual and auditory medium. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's writing to be seen and heard, which is so different from from writing sure. fiction. Right. Yeah. Sure. And so fiction writing, when you see it in a screenplay, you just think, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> Although my pet peeve, I'm a I'm I'm a dialogue character mm-hmm. big fan. If there's a so-so plot, but the characters are fun and mm-hmm. involving, mm-hmm. I I'll stick with it. Okay. Now now, <clears throat> I mean clearly when you guys do your competition, you have to read every page, right? Now what happens when? Do you get scripts on the side when people ask you because they know who you are, you know, to read scripts? Do you have like a a, a limit? Of pages that you give people, I, I'm just being honest because a lot of people we do, <laughs> yeah, I know Lisa's like I read two pages, I'm done. I give people like maybe eight to ten pages, you know, because everybody isn't like us where they inside the incident happens on page two or three. That's what I do, <laughs> you know what I mean? If I'm asked to read something, and normally I'll just say, "Sorry, I can't," mm-hmm. unless it's a good friend or this sure, or that. Sure. But yeah, five pages. Okay, I'd like to say five to ten. But if it gets if but if I go past page five, I'm probably going deep to twenty thirty. Okay. But but they can lose me around twenty thirty. That's when plot needs to. Okay. If you haven't caught me with a plot by page thirty, then if we on page sixty, and I'm still trying to figure out, so what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> Stab yourself. <laughs> but you heard it though. You guys heard it from somebody like Rick telling you five pages. You got. I'm five generous. Pages. I will. I will. I will people. <laughs> I will struggle through because I respect so much what people go through to write mm-hmm. their script that I will I will try my best to read it all the way through. There was one time uh, for an organization um, when I was vetting some of the it was a film festival and mm-hmm. it was just the films watching the films. Mm-hmm. I would str- I would watch every single thing and after a while I had to send an email going. So is there a cutoff there? <laughs> Because, you know, my time is money. And um, is there? But that was like halfway through when it was just like my eyes were just like rolling to the back of my head. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I try. I I think y'all can do what you want. (laughs) (laughs) But I will try my best to be as, as, as I will plow. I will go through. I will do it. One of our judges does that. One of our judges, he's an actor Mm -hmm. and he's done a lot of commercial work and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And he's... He's more of an aspiring writer. He he reads really because he loves the loves the craft True. and and wants to wants to write someday. Mm-hmm. And he reads everything to the end. Mm-hmm. And I just think he's a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm kind of one of those people too, where people send me stuff. I'll I'll probably give them thirty. You know, just because I know I'm like Lisa. I'm mm-hmm. like so sensitive to the the work that it takes to do it. But I'm also the type of dude. Where I'll start, like I just got a script on Sunday <clears throat> to read, and I just started in the writer's room on Monday. So I was like, I don't have much time this week to get to the script. However, I just pulled it out Sunday night and I started reading like the first two or three pages, and it was driving me bananas. So I sent this person an email. I'm like, dude, this is unlike me to do it, but I can't even get past this right here. I need you to do this, this, and this, and this, and this, and I need you to read this, this, and this, and this. Before I read one more line, and did you, that is unlikely did you, to do. Did you did you did you add a little sympathy card with it? A nice little no, but I said it in a nice okay. way. But I was like, dude, I apologize, but I just can't even. <laughs> you was, know? That, was that from a friend? Because yeah, I, I give friend, I give yeah. friends the benefit. I, I'll read all the way to the mm-hmm. end to a friend. I will because, you know, I need to give them feedback. Well, first all the of all, the script was 126 pages. 
So that tells you right there. Wait, wait, wait. Which blotches of stuff? I'm like, what, this is an genre, experienced which writer. Genre I was, was it? like, what kind? Of, what? Um, it was a historic, like, um, kind of like, um, what's the Spielberg movie about the the Jewish um, Schindler's List. List, like that type of mm-hmm. thing? Real dramatic. It was like a true story oh, about so this the kind guy. of thing the Nickel Fellowship likes. Right, right. Is that? But <laughs> they wouldn't have even, you know, it was just. A guy sits down at the bar and starts telling this guy the story. I was like, why? What the fuck? What yeah, it's funny. That is something that changed. Because when <laughs> I was when I got out of school mm-hmm. in 1990 and was sending scripts to people, mm-hmm. they would say, I remember one of the first agents I worked with said, how long is it? I said, 120 pages. She said, okay, I'll read it. Because if it was less than 120, they wouldn't touch you. Really? Yeah, Back it, then? Because wow. old Hollywood, mm-hmm. the, when you cared about the quality of a movie, you knew that you needed a, at least a two-hour script. Sure. It was like the same so that you could edit. Yeah. You could yeah, edit yeah. down because you shoot 120 pages mm-hmm. and you edit it down to, you know, an hour 40. Mm-hmm. Okay. But now, that's. I think that's a reason why movies aren't so. Well, everyone says movies aren't what they used to be. <laughs> they sure. But are I, I think I think partially TV. keeping the script shorter <laughs> means they have less leeway on what they edit out. Well, that's interesting. Well, because I do do that too. I always ask people how many pages. And mainly it's because I'm looking at, for me, and, and you have to tell me what you think about this also, and you too, Lisa, because I think that genres, different genres, call for a certain amount of pages for the most part. For the most part. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, if it's a drama, the re- only reason why I told him I'd read it because I knew it was this historic drama. Right. So I was like, okay, he needs the time to blah, 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 but still 126. And it was a lot of starting early was, was the problem mm-hmm. as opposed to starting late. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not already in the scene. We're not already picking up at this moment. It's like this happens and then we go all the way back to show exactly how we, mm-hmm. you know, then we stop at the store. Then we go here. Then we're like, no, motherfucker, get, get. <laughs> Very, very David Lynch. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Just tell me where you're going and let's mm-hmm. get there, you know. Um, but I believe that every genre, for the most part, the way things are now, somebody sends me a comedy. I'm like, oh, it could be a 90-page comedy. That means it's probably moving like this, mm-hmm. yeah. moving really, really fast. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like my my horror script that I wrote for you was a 90-page script. It's really, really fast. It just moves like this. Now, um, so I'm just wondering if if you have, I have a number in my head of where I think scripts should be, depending on the genre. But that's just my thing, mm-hmm. you know. In my head, there's. I'm open to short and long. Okay. In fact, we once had a winner that was a sci-fi script. I think it won for Action Adventure. Okay. That was almost two hundred. It was like a hundred and sixty or so. Are you serious? Oh my but God. it was a it was great ideas and it was huh. well written. So give him props, you wow. know. And then you know he can we whittle that down. <laughs> if it you know if it ever got produced, we all mm-hmm. know. But sure, sure. But in my head, I expect to see a hundred to hundred and ten. Mm-hmm. Ninety. Well, it depends. I'm talking about like a comedy yeah, yeah. or like a mm-hmm. horror, for instance. Well, in horror, would... you know there's going to be a lot of scenes that are probably, you know, descriptive. Mm-hmm. And those are going to, so the screen time is going to run a little longer. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, versus if you have 90 pages and it's all dialogue, that's a 60-minute movie. <laughs> no, it's a fucking play. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn Gary Glenn Loss, goddammit. <laughs> that's true. That's what I wrote when I started. I was just writing plays. Uh, and, some, and somehow they were on screen. But that always helps with your dialogue, though. Yeah. You know, well, it should. Because mm-hmm. I've read some, some playwrights, you know, a little suspect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so let's oh, talk God. about, um, 
So you've started some other divisions of screenplay fest. Now you guys have the hundred screenplays or something. We did. We started a so hundred screenplays. Let's tell people what that is. That was one of the judges' ideas. His idea was instead of a contest where you take as many scripts as come in, mm-hmm. the idea was limited to a hundred so that people have a better chance of winning okay. and higher entry fee, mm-hmm. but few, less competition. And that sure. one actually doesn't have the categories. That's okay. there's just one winner. Oh, okay. But it was it was an idea. And we tried it, and people seem to respond. It's, it's a funny one because we get, every year, it's been three years now, mm-hmm. one or two people write in and go, who the hell do you think you are charging really? $100 for this contest? Everyone else is less. You can go to hell. Really? And I write back and go, because I'm the customer service mm-hmm. angle, and I tend to respond <laughs> to the emails. Oh, just write back. Yeah, and, yeah, I, I don't you. you say, well, understand why you feel that way. It just so happens we limit it to 100 people. Mm-hmm. We charged $100 so that the winner can get a nice $2,000 prize. And, you know, it just means you're, you're, I, some people want to pay extra to mm-hmm. have less competition. Mm-hmm. Look, people, if you're doing any of the contests anyway, you're mm-hmm. already spending over 200 bucks anyway yeah. for a lot of competitions. Mm-hmm. And for my money, mm-hmm. if I know that there's only going to be 100, mm-hmm. my chance is going to go up. And if your stuff is tight anyway, you know you're going to place and do something anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I would probably go with that as opposed to like spending a whole bunch to a whole bunch of other things and hoping something mm-hmm. happens. But you see, know? This, this all goes to the, the thing that you and I talk about all the time, investing in your career. Right. You know, I talked about how, <clears throat> you know, we all have little things that we did when we first started writing. When I first started writing in 2000, um, a friend of mine who was a writer gave me a bootleg version of Final Draft. Now, a year later... My partner, who I'm still with, and 13 years almost, um, bought me Final Draft for my birthday that year. So I had it for like a year, maybe, you know, my bootleg version. I was doing good with it, but it's like Lisa said, you need to invest in your career. You know, I wasn't fi- investing in my fi- career. Final Draft. You know what I mean? I, I saved up my money, <laughs> my pennies, <laughs> and I had my student discount. <laughs> and I pay. I didn't do bootleg. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. I I, have I'm actually helped. old enough I can remember when... I, in college, had to use, had to customize the crap out of Microsoft Word to write really? a script. And, the, and a screenwriter who wasn't succeeding came mm-hmm. up with the idea of Final Draft. And I remember when Final Draft 1.0 came out, mm-hmm. and it was like, maybe this will work. Mm-hmm. And then it just took off. Mm-hmm. My God, and now it's... Because nobody's doing it. It just owns everything. But you back know? then, you, like, you had to customize yourself. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Thank God. When I started, it was 2000 when I started. It was just like, yeah, just that's the first thing I did. I got like Creative Screen Magazine. Like, well, what do you, because I don't nothing about, I don't know nothing <laughs> about customizing. I'm like, I am just not that type of person, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just like, what can I get where it's just, you know what? Basically, I type it. It just makes it happen. It makes it pretty for me. And mm-hmm. basically, I remember flipping the back of the page of the magazine and, oh, final draft. So and so, I'm going to go get that. And then I saw how much it was at the time, 2000. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. I'm going to save up and I'm going to invest in me and okay. take this seriously. Mm-hmm. So you could take your bootleg self but <laughs> <laughs> and stop it. But you did buy it eventually. So a year, a year later. I, I, I think I'm I wrote of, two things. With I'm it. proud of you. Um, which I completely rewrote later on. Yes. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's interesting. So um, well, I was just going to tell you something there. Um, what was it, Rick? Oh, in regard to... So what's next for Screenplay Festival? What's what's what? Any any other new competitions you guys are thinking about adding, or what? Do you I don't got? think so. I don't mm-hmm. think so. We, uh, hundred screenplays was an experiment that worked. Mm-hmm. So now we have one contest that takes everything, and 
and splits it by category. And then in a secondary contest that just takes limits it to 100. You do that once a year? Or yeah, we, we've done it once a year. Yeah, the idea, we could do it more, but it's, it almost seems like, yeah, that's right. I know, for now, people It doesn't make it a special. With, within the Screenplay Festival brain trust, we think, mm-hmm. hey, it'd be a little greedy to do it again. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, but you know, if, if there's call for it, there's call for it. Do you get a lot of international people submitting? We do, actually. We do. A surprising number. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, we had winners from England mm-hmm. and Australia. Mm-hmm. But besides the English-speaking countries, a lot of Japanese, mm-hmm. German. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating. Polish. We, wow. I, we, I think there's a, one of our current either grand prize winner or honorable mention is a guy in Poland. So if I were to submit a screenplay festival... And let's say I placed, or even if I won something, what as a writer can I expect to get? What 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 what, do you, what should I expect should happen to my script? I'm glad you're asking because this this is what separates the the successful writers from the from the amateur writers, mm-hmm. which is if you win, you'll get you'll get your prize money, you'll get stuff from our sponsors, mm-hmm. you know, membership and ink tip and whatnot, mm-hmm. and then you'll get leads from from us, you know. Uh, mostly managers and agents, some producers mm-hmm. who, who will take a look at your log line and if it grabs them, they'll, they'll say, okay, send me the script. And then it's on you. Now these are, you're talking about the, the winners and like the honorable mentions. Yeah, these, these is just grand prize winners mm-hmm. and honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, finalists. We, we have semifinalists, finalists, mm-hmm. and then our winners. Mm-hmm. So just, this just applies to the winners. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I've seen winners. I've seen scripts that I think were screen ready. Right written by somebody who was going to sit back and see Mm -hmm. who comes to him. Mm -hmm. And I've seen honorable mentions that, you know, I'm not the only judge. So Mm -hmm. sometimes there's a script that I don't Mm -hmm. think is that great. That's an honorable mention. And, and if it's an aggressive person who believes in themselves and gets out there Mm -hmm. and reaches out and reaches out and is aggressive, Mm -hmm. then that writer ends up with a better manager or at a better agency and ends up working. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, a lot of times it's not talent. No. It's that perseverance and, you know, that hustle. Getting that hustle (laughs) on. I like to think it's a balance. Yeah, yeah. Because if you're all hustle, if you're you're all hustle (laughs) and you suck... But yeah, there's people who are all oh, hustle some names. and they suck. Oh, yeah. There's they, some names oh, whose yeah. movies I watch. I'm like, yeah, your hustle. The hustle was strong <laughs> in this one. <laughs> the Dark Lord was kind. Well, there's you. there's always the nephew or niece factor too. There's there's that. Yeah, and it's it's with anything. It's like you have to be really proactive in this business. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen so many really good talent people that I've known who I'm like, but if you would just go and do it. And, and, and then now they've packed up and left. They've gone back to the academic field. True. They've moved back east. True. And it's like, if I had like that amount of talent that they had and just, you know, and I can remember just sitting there like, but why aren't you, you know, you can't force people to do No, stuff, you can't. You and know? it's a personality thing. And unfortunately, the, I think the, the personality of the writer, that That's person true. who's solitary right. and sits at home and just thinks about ideas, mm-hmm. that personality often is not good at pimping themselves. <laughs> Here's someone who has come from my playbook because I have said this True. on many occasions, mm. people. Uh, the street nerdist is not going to go more street right now. Uh, ahead, and, and, and tell you right now, like, people, look, you are a pimp with your scripts. <laughs> you have to get your scripts on the stroll mm-hmm. every day. And when those scripts come back, you got to be like Goldie and say, go out there and get my money. Mm -hmm. You know, it really is. You have to, you know, use that mentality of, you know what? 
I'm going to hustle it. I'm going to work it. I'm going to meet as many people I can. Okay, this didn't work out with this production company. This age is not feeling me. Well, what do I need to do to make myself better? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times, even if you get a meeting mm -hmm. or you get like a phone call from a, a producer or somebody and then they're mm -hmm. like, oh, well, send it to us and you don't hear anything, you really have to step back and like, ooh, what did I do? You know, what, well, let me tell what you didn't something, really work? Something what can I do that, better next time? Well, Lisa and I talk about how because um, we both have, you know, won our place in some big competitions, um, including yours. And I was talking about how, as you know, when, when you guys announce the finalists or the winners, that list goes out to the industry. You know, you guys, to everybody, whether it's on the winning scripts and movie bites and all that, that goes out to everybody. Right. And um, it's up to you now to take the initiative to do something, which what you're saying. Absolutely. You're saying, mm -hmm. we give you the platform. We give you your money, we give you your awards, we give you, uh, we put you on this list, you know what I mean? Um, we, we have a certain amount of uh, uh, agents and managers that we deal with right. who also get this list, who will say, okay, we will read these guys if they are here, right? right? Now, um, here's one of the problems that happens <laughs> that I see a lot of young kids do. This is something Hilliard doesn't do, something a lot of people do, this is what you're talking about. They send out this great email saying, hey, such and such company is looking for, you know, whoever the finalists or whoever the, the winners or honorable mentions are. Send them your stuff. Send them your logline is what it usually is, right? Send them your logline. I wonder how many of them actually do it. I wonder too. You know what I mean? Or, I could or, find or, out. Yeah, or just sitting on that one or at least doing the homework and the research to find out, well, hmm, let me see what this company, what else Boom. they want to have. Boom. What is their track record? Exactly. And please, people, don't just have the one script. Have some other product mm -hmm. behind there because it might be like, hey, they might not be interested in the one script you have, even mm -hmm. though they're asking for that mm -hmm. particular genre. You might get in that situation. Mm -hmm. Well, what else do you have? And you're going to be like, but I have this one script. Exactly. And, and, and then you're like screwed in a way. Because you know? exactly. it, it got vetted with you guys. Right. You guys vetted it saying, hey, this is great. You know, now it's on the list. So they go, okay, well, we'll read anybody on that list. Mm -hmm. Right? So they might, it may not be the right genre they want, but they might be willing to read you for something else right. because you were on the list. Right. Because I know this happened to me many times. Mm -hmm. Well, it's know? very important to have a body of work. It's yes. very important. I recall when I won a contest way back when, I won't say what year, but, <laughs> but just a couple years but, ago. But I, I had some meetings that like I had a meeting on the Sony lot and, mm -hmm. and the guy loved the script. He said, what else do you have? I think, well, that's the first thing I've written since college. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Worst answer I'd love to ever. Tell you take take worst water with you on your worst way Worst answer out. ever. You know, yeah. the fact, uh, it's not like you can whip out five in a yeah. minute. Yeah. But, you know, that's that's one reason why, let's say someone does win with their mm -hmm. first or second script, mm -hmm. you got to keep writing. Rick, how come you didn't just lie <laughs> and just say, you know, I got some other things. Because they wanted it now. Yeah, right? but, but, but you could buy yourself some time. You could say, well, I got a couple of these things right now. I got the... I would lie my ass off, and guess what I would do? I would uh, lock myself up and write that script real fast. I was I was so young, I thought like you know, oh, he's gonna have me back here again. I, you know, I thought we had this nice rapport. By the way, funny story. I was like, I always like telling writers this story, which I walked into his office and there was a wall, fifteen foot wall with scripts from floor to about shoulder height. Really. Just stack and stack. And he said to me, guess what I did last Friday? Last Friday, I walked up to that stack and I reached in the middle and just pulled something out at random and took it home this weekend. It was your script and I loved it. Really? And I thought, well, what do you know? Huh. That script might have never gotten read 
It was only coincidence that's that right. I was sitting there. It wow. was it was pure lightning luck that he pulled mm. one out of the way. He could have pulled one inch higher and one pulled somebody higher. else's, right. not liked it. Mm. But and he might have shuffled through and ended up with that one in the right. middle. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Oh so God. so when you send your scripts places, you know. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of of writers being annoying and following up all the time. Did you read mm-hmm. it? Did you read it? But you definitely can't expect. That's why you can't expect the world to fall at your feet because if sure. you get your script out to ten people, mm-hmm. maybe. Two or three are gonna Maybe. get get around to it. Mm-hmm. Like it's, the, uh, people, it's tough. Yeah, because a lot of people do is they send out the one and they sit on that one, as opposed mm-hmm. to hey, let me sit down, let me get a spreadsheet, let me figure out what are the different companies or people who are looking for stuff. Let me just send a bunch of stuff out and then let it go. <laughs> Work on the next thing. And a lot of us, and I, I remember back in the olden days, what you do, you're just sitting on that one waiting. Mm-hmm. And back in the olden days, we had to go to the mailbox. I remember running up and down the stairs of my apartment. I hear the mailman, click, click, <laughs> <laughs> running down the steps. Oh, is that a response? And yeah, you know, we used to get paper ones, you yeah. know, that come in here and you hold those like, yes, mm-hmm. smell the paper. Like someone, <laughs> someone wrote this to me, and it's just like you have to like get beyond that and then just send it out, move on to the next project. Yeah, you, you know? have to stop polishing that script too. Oh, I know I way know. too many writers <laughs> like I'm going to do a rewrite, and the rewrite first of all is changing like three words a page. Mm-hmm. It's not a real rewrite, right? And they're putting time into their craft, but they're not writing another script. It's like mm-hmm. set that thing down. Right. Don't look at it for six months while you write something else. Yeah. My, uh, one, of my, one of my uh, clarion instructors, Jeffrey Ford, it says, you know what, you got to, if you let those, those stories sit up in the house, they start stinking up the house. You got to oh, get them out. You that. know, mm-hmm. it's stinking it up, you know, mm-hmm. and you got to get them out there. And mm-hmm. I just thought, oh God, I, I just remember that. And just, it was very freeing mm-hmm. to say, you know what, send it out, work on the next piece. It was like the constant man- mantra, just do this, do this. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, 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 we all remember the feeling of when you first get started and you got all that passion in that one mm-hmm. script and that script's going to be everything. This is the one that's going to go to the top. I'm going <laughs> to, and then it's like reality crashes and you're like, you could have been using that time sitting and waiting mm-hmm. to be working on something else. Cause mm-hmm. we talked about this before. Now I've got to that point in my life where like the joy now is just let stuff go work on something else and then a- actually be surprised. I, mm-hmm. I did what I submitted something to what mm-hmm. you want to publish this. What <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful feeling. Because it means that you're on to the next thing. Definitely. You know? And then anything else that comes your way, okay, I'll rewrite. And you're not you're not caught up and wasting that vacuum of space and time just sitting on the one project. Sure. Which is annoying. But I noticed something else. I had a question for you. And I wrote it down because I did my homework, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I know you, you talked about the reason why you, you created um, the website. You know, number one... Um, was to try to figure out a way for writers to get access to people. Yes. And the other one is basically the the uh, the dilemma of you know producers and screenwriters can't mm-hmm. really take unsolicited materials. Sure. Like, what are your thoughts in terms of the future of like screenwriting? Because I know there's so many different webs. We talked about on our other episodes, mm-hmm. um, the blacklist and other mm-hmm. ways that Hollywood is reaching really? out and trying yeah. to create new venues. Like, how do you see um, Screenplay Festival like? I mean, being part of that change of making it easier for stories and more fantastic, diverse stories to be told. Like, where do you, how, how are you on the front? <laughs> what are you doing, Rick? I don't, what are you going to do, Rick? What are you going to do? Well, this is that, what are you going to do? This is that awful topic that we're in a current climate where yes. they're making fewer films. Right. They're making fewer independent films. I was one of those people who thought, you know, with this red camera and other technology yes. and the internet that self-promotion was going to work better Mm -hmm. and that you know maybe if somebody wins 
wins at Screenplay Festival, they can shoot the first 10 pages sure. and get it out there and get attention. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen that yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, if, if one of our winners shot the first 10 pages mm-hmm. themselves mm-hmm. with an iPhone, which mm-hmm. now can do HD, and, oh and <laughs> cut it together on their computer and then mm-hmm. threw it up, we would promote that. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it came out well. Right. <laughs> You're like, please, oh, let's please, Lord. We need to yes. see it first. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Can I see that before? Uh, I don't know. I might, <laughs> might, might want to give a little support even if it was flawed. But yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a daunting task. The idea of getting into the industry now mm-hmm. as it's shrinking, mm-hmm. as they're buying fewer scripts every year. You know, there used to be, you know, I knew a guy... I knew a cinematographer whose wife sold three historical scripts to mm-hmm. Oliver Stone that never got made. Wow. So they were in a huge house in Encino based on, on her, no one knowing what she's ever done. Mm-hmm. And nothing ever made it. Mm-hmm. But nowadays... Which is the majority of... of yeah. I was at, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was at the Writers Guild last night and uh, we had our black committee meeting and we were going around the table with all these things that everybody's like, what have I been doing? What am I working on? Whatever. And I noticed that out of the 20 writers that were in there, six of them are writing, currently writing on TV shows. Most of the other ones are writing features, and none of them are working. Yeah, you well, TV... I mean? None of them have... They're all in there, so they right. all sold something or did something or worked right. on something, right. but they, it hasn't... It is an interesting it idea. You know, we don't have a teleplay competition. I know mm-hmm. others do. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, question. but one of... Uh, someone I've worked with, uh, over at Writer's Boot Camp, mm-hmm. I believe his saying is, Jeff Gordon, his saying oh, is, is the jobs are in TV. They are. The so are writing you guys going to consider TV. doing TV at all? Or what's that about? You know, we haven't, we haven't found a way to approach it. That actually might be when you say, what's the future of Screenplay right. Festival? Just now you're making me realize I should go bring up the idea that maybe we should I think you should. And the reason, the reason I say is because uh, Franklin Leonard, you know, was only doing screenplays at first, and then everybody's like, "Dude, where the fuck are the TV?" Yeah. You know, there's probably so many more well, TV. Well, did you see now. the article? I think it was in Variety, where it was at the. I think it was the Writers Guild, where they had a a, a panel. I, think, mm-hmm. I want to say it's Monday or Tuesday they had it, but I just saw it, and um, they were talking like the. Uh, I think Erin. I can't remember her last name. She writes for. Um, at uh, what is it? Admin. Mad Men, sorry, oh, Mad Men, Mad Men, and a bunch of other <laughs> writers, and they were talking about that too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they were talking about how regular television has kind of like limited them, and they are like really jealous of cable. Number one, they were saying because cable, you have less episodes, mm-hmm. so you can actually tell some really good stories, opposed mm-hmm. to fucking twenty two, twenty four, and they're actually envious because they don't have to have like uh, commercial breaks in them. Mm-hmm. It's a lot freeing, mm-hmm. and we've talked about this before in terms of that's what they do over in the UK. Like mm-hmm. when you watch a series television over there, mm-hmm. it's like ten episodes, six. That's a season. I remember watching like um, the Helen Mirren, uh, I think it was Prime Suspect, mm-hmm. and like, oh, I got the first season, mm-hmm. not knowing that it's not like American mm-hmm. television. And I was thinking, oh, there's only six episodes, <laughs> but the show is so good, but it's different. Yeah. But I tell you what, I watch a lot of British shows mm-hmm. because I love that. Like the quick, it's like a little novel, I'm in there, and I think TV, cable, that's, that's the future. I never but, thought I'd say this. But here's the problem with that. We were talking about this last night. We had two of the two of the guy from the board of directors of the writers go come last night. <clears throat> they were talking about how um, now they've they fixed this kind of, mm-hmm. but not totally. It won't be fixed till like January two thousand fifteen, mm-hmm. where say you're on a TV show right now and you only do 
eight episodes. Well, the the company are holding you guys for the next three or four months, but you're not being paid. So you can't even go off and work on what? anything else. That's what? been like the new change. Aww. So they've been fighting. Even when the Writers Guild just did their new contract right. thing, that was one of the things they were arguing with for like eight weeks about. That was the, everything else they agreed on, but that was the one thing that they were battling over. And they finally came to a little consensus mm-hmm. on what it's going to be, mm-hmm. where they still have to pay you like, I think it's like one third of whatever your amount is. And anybody who makes over $208,000, which is basically, I think, um, executive story editor and higher, I think, mm-hmm. you know? And anybody who makes that amount of money, it doesn't count for them, only counts for people below that or some bullshit mm-hmm. like that. It's a trip. It's a trip. So, you know, the British thing, I just have to chime in. Sure. Publicly funded arts. That's the thing is the BBC is publicly mm-hmm. funded, so True. they'll mm-hmm. do two seasons of a great show, just a few episodes. Here, it has to be profitable. When so Scott they have was to, here they talking have to about get that, it was five it, seasons. But here's the thing. This is why I think we should, uh, as if I have control over television <laughs> land. Uh, Hollywood, think about this, though. Think about all the wonderful stories and people you can employ, and mm-hmm. you won't have the same stale stuff if you had like shorter episodes, and then you can create other different shows. Maybe I mean, I mean, the blessing that the UK has, like you said, they do get subsidized, and and doing that, maybe that's but why. But just remember that. that, you know, that could but be just why remember they do this less. though: shorter episodes means less work for writers, if you think about it. But you could be writing other things. All right, there's always a trade-off. Yeah. There's always a trade-off. I mean, just think about that. You just have to put yourself in the position. If I was on a show and we only did eight episodes, so we're only there for like two months, maybe, you know, three, you know, as opposed to working for six, seven Learn months. Learn how to budget, year. people. Live below your well, means. It's only, it's all, there's only a few BBC channels. So <laughs> I know. It's, and I know. it's a small country. Yeah. But, but it's not like every writer in the BBC gets a season. I yeah, know. and they don't make the same kind of money we make I either. Know. You know, I so know. just be aware of that. I know. Um, well, cool. Well, thank you, my man. This was a good one. I just wanted everybody to hear, you know, and um, about Screenplay Festival, you know, from Rick, you know, that they keep their word on everything that they do. They are one of those competitions that really exist. And, and big respect you know, for being so and they're smart about genre. They're supportive of their writers and stuff, and mm-hmm. I'm an example of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I won the grand prize. Here I am still sitting here talking to my man. You know, I hit him up in email saying, hey, dude, can you, you know, I'm doing this. He's the first person who says, can I promote it for you? Right. As opposed to me asking him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, so I just got to give you some love. So I know. It's so- <laughs> <laughs> and God, I wish I would have known about them when I was a beginning person and just thinking about coming back over to screenwriting again. And like, oh, too late. genre, I know. It's never too late. Uh-huh. It's never too late. But you know me, I'm always about story because I need people to write good stories sure. to entertain me. I saw, okay, here's the dream, people. I just want to be a film critic, maybe. And just just watch movies and just be filled with joy and well, love. We could, we could talk about your being a judge. Harmony. <laughs> I would love to be. I mean, I just I just really love great stories. And mm-hmm. there's nothing that gives me more joy when you see somebody who just blossoms and, and goes off. Because I, I I live vicariously mm-hmm. through other people's success, sure. and that's why all people should be. I don't mm-hmm. get jealous of people. I'm like, oh yay you. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you will save this industry and give me something that I really want to go see, <laughs> as opposed to twenty thousand tentpole movies mm-hmm. every single year. Give me something new. Well, Speaking of which, what? what? Because I know you support genre projects. Mm-hmm. I gotta do my clapback. Oh, I'm gonna get to you because <laughs> there's there's someone who is hating on our beloved genre. Really? All right, we gotta get into. I gotta okay. announce it. 
Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just we got to get into. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Rick. You can stick with us. Because Rick, you calmed me down because I was hot when I first walked in here because I just read this thing last night at midnight. So go ahead. Go ahead. All right, we're gonna get into Lisa's world famous clap back, y'all. What you got for us? Well, let me preface it for our our new our new. <laughs> listeners, those of you who've been like the ride or die with us for the longest, you know what the clapback is. Basically, something I see in the world uh-huh. has something to do with the entertainment industry. Okay. Has something either to do with craft or writing or things that I love, I dearly love. And sometimes things don't go the way I think they should. <laughs> and I feel that I have to speak out and let people know. So, okay. let me set y'all up. Today's clapback is last night. When I was just kind of relaxing and watching Law and Order reruns late at night, and then flipping over and watching Squidbillies, mm-hmm. which I want to do because I love Earl. I you love like early. I have I to love, say that's one of the best shows on is, TV. That is my show. What is it? What is it? You, you know what? You don't like Squidbillies. Oh. Squid they are squids, but they're hillbillies. Squidbillies in northern Georgia. And they I gotta talk, write that down. Squid oh my billies. god! Y'all hear that, audience? Squidbillies. Squidbillies <laughs> is my shit. Okay, okay. <laughs> but. So I'm watching that, and then I'm like, well, let me just go online and see if any good articles are coming up. Because, you know, I always have, like, for the clapback, for those of you who don't know this, the clapback, I never let, I never tell Hilliard what my clapback's mm-hmm. going to be. I just come in, and I just go in on whatever it is I just saw. So <laughs> last night at midnight, right before I was about to go to sleep, I was looking on Twitter, and I saw this article that had this title. It was on Salon.com, and the title was, From Stephen King to Slender Man, Why the Horror Genre is Particularly Horrible for Women. Horrible for women. Wow. Once again, from Stephen King, who is a god, how dare you bring his name, <laughs> to Slender Man, which I had the great joy of being introduced to by a fifth grader. Mm-hmm. And he said to me in 2005, have you heard of the Slender Man? <laughs> and I was so excited, I turned into a 10-year-old. And I was like, no, what's the Slender Man? And he said, you need to go on YouTube. And I found out, it's like, oh my Lord, there's something exciting in the world yeah. that's horrific. So anyway, <laughs> so why is horror genres particularly horrible? For women. So this this article was written by a writer named Anne Elizabeth Moore. Uh, mm-hmm. She's written for numerous magazines. I think she's done some stuff for Bitch uh, Magazine also and Salon and different things. And um, what she did basically is she's doing what I would call genre shaming. Okay. You guys have heard of slut shaming, fat shaming, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Well, this is genre shaming. And basically, the you can go online and read the article, but the gist of what she was saying is basically that horror is like the end-all, the be-all, that basically it hates women. Hmm. Women shouldn't watch it. No one should watch it. I mean, mm-hmm. the gist of the, kind of the sensory I got is that this is probably someone who doesn't like horror. Okay. Because there were certain quotes in there where she talked about, you know, whether or not it's actually, quote, you know, the quotations mm-hmm. literary and comparing it to what? other... Sh- child, look... <laughs> So I read the article and I was like, my feelings were hurt. Like literally it's like she has spit on my child. I had sent my baby, little horror, out into the world. See what I got to do with And someone looked at her and said, oh my God. And my baby came home and said, mama, look, they spit on me. Because you know, come on, let's, let's be honest. In any type of genre, all the genres that we have, it, whether it's in literature or whether it's in film, mm-hmm. horror has always been known as the redheaded stepchild tied up in the basement sure. of Hollywood. Okay, and as you, if you listen to one of the episodes that me and uh, Hilliard did about why we love horror and talking about why seventies horror is the best, mm-hmm. horror will save your life. And I think the main reason why she was writing this article because I go she, why, but why, why, why? Because I'm gonna tell you why. Think about it. Any real life situation, mm-hmm. traumatic thing that has happened, mm-hmm. I gar- if 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 I could do a scientific study. 
<laughs> I would prove to you all out there in podcast land. She turned into Dr. Frankenfurter. Okay, now listen, listen, listen. <laughs> I will guarantee you those people who were raised on horror and appreciate it are not the people who get ran over, killed, shot up, because the moment they walk into any space, mm -hmm. they are looking like, okay, shit can happen at any time. <laughs> this is what horror tells you, people. It saves your life. Your babies should be weaned. Okay. on horror because what it tells you is that you need to understand that the unexpected happens and those who survive Shit are happens. those okay. who, who keep their eyes open mm -hmm. and to give you an example a couple years ago I was on the beach you weren't on the beach I was on, I'm always at the beach down <laughs> in San Diego this time I was down at Coronado one of my favorite things to do is me and a couple of my friends we go we sit there is that a burrito Coronado? It's, no What's it's that? not Coronado <laughs> is a man made island and we sit <laughs> And, you know, it's near a lot of the military ships, and we got a lot of fisheries and stuff. So we see fishing okay. ships and things out there. And a lot of times I'm sitting there at nighttime. Usually we go around 11 o'clock at night. We sit. I play my little music. Mm -hmm. We smoke cigars. We talk about life. <laughs> we talk about writing. And this man walked up to us because right. we started noticing out on the water at nighttime, like, a bunch of, like, ships. Mm -hmm. They weren't really fishing trawlers, but they had these really bright lights on them. Mm -hmm. Like, it was some suspicious shit. Like, sound like we never sound like it's like your, a horror movie. Your new pilot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was like we never seen this before. I've been there enough times like this is something is going on. I don't mm -hmm. know if somebody drowned and they were looking, mm -hmm. but there was like ships out there with big lights like movie Hollywood horror style stuff. Mm -hmm. So mind you, we're like a hundred feet away from this, sitting on our little benches looking. <laughs> and this man walks up and says, What do you think's going on over there? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't know. You know, this this doesn't this is not normal. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to go over there and look. So he walked <laughs> to the water. <laughs> Mind you, it's dark. The only light we have is starlight, the sound of the waves, uh -huh. the smell of the salt water. <laughs> my dreadlocks, right my dreadlocks <laughs> gently blowing in the wind, <laughs> the nighttime wind. My cigar smoke, you know, it was cherry flavored cigar. <laughs> you know, going up to the heavens. And I turned to my friend Todd and I say, see, see. This is why black people never die in horror movies. Because you see, we both saw with this gentleman, uh -huh. there's a situation going on over there that is not familiar to us. It is strange. It could be some sci-fi shit. Mm -hmm. We don't know. We've never seen it. But we're going to sit back here mm -hmm. in the cut and just wait it out and see. Mm -hmm. But Mr. Movie Man, there's something strange. I got to walk over there and investigate. We never saw that man again. He never came back. We just saw lights, and about 40 minutes later, those ships disappeared, and we were just like, girl. And he had to come back through? He didn't come back yet. Was, was he supposed to come back through? Well, there's you? a path, and you have to come back. So either he kept walking and mm -hmm. walked the other way, or some aliens <laughs> did some X-File shit on him. And because of that, I'm assuming that something happened to him. Mm -hmm. But because horror has trained me so well... <laughs> I learned to keep my ass back in the back mm -hmm. and just wait and see what happens. Okay. Because if something was not natural, we would leave right away. Okay? So mm -hmm. horror is really important because I think it's one of those genres. It's one of those, those it's, really, it's one of those, I want to say, almost primordial, you know, it, it's something innate in people. And you have to have horror in your life because there's enough real horrors. And I think what this writer is trying to say is because of the, the case that just happened in Wisconsin with the two little 12-year-old girls who have been watching Slender Man on inner two, uh, inner two. I'm thinking of the beach, YouTube. You know what I meant, people. But, you know, they had killed, not killed, but they had stabbed this girl 19 times, mm -hmm. um, almost killing her. She's still in the hospital now. And they were basically blaming, this writer is basically saying, 
slender man at the internet that people who like horror and who go to that website are basically it's like a cult and that horror is not something we and and then i mean she went in and talked about how back in 30 years ago we did have in comic books i guess you guys remember weird tales Mm -hmm. and for a while there they did have to do a little self-censorship in terms of you know horror is so terrible you should be having these terrible comic books and we've always had that type of voice out there that's always been Mm anti-horror but when she's bringing up gender and saying it's particularly horrible clearly she does not understand that horror itself has been influenced by the input of women writers writing it and that horror movies you know most of the time they're really good ones usually the woman's the lead and they survive Mm -hmm. and they 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 live to tell the tale i mean the best ones Mm -hmm. you know if you think about you know the classics halloween Mm -hmm. you know but I was offended for the fact that it's almost like it's somebody who doesn't like the genre and is blaming it for all the ills of the world. Okay. And if that people would teach their children, you know, like she mentions, you know, you know, it's even in the Bible that we're not supposed to kill people. Oh I'm like, you know what a real I was like <laughs> And here's the thing. What, the like, what? And here's that. the thing though. And this is so funny because my blood it was so up. I was like, you know what, Lisa, you need to stop and read this article again in the morning. Because I, I one of the things I do try to do is as much as contrarian my nature naturally is anyway on here Mm -hmm. the idea is i usually try to like take a moment to step back and try to really look and analyze somebody else's viewpoint because you you might you you might see something in there that you just never considered before Mm -hmm. but even when i read it again this morning i was thinking about when i first read it last night and i remember i went on twitter and i just went to salon and this writer Mm -hmm. and i said hashtag nope you know (laughs) and then she hit me back and then she said basically on twitter if you go on twitter you'll see it Basically, she said, oh, I know it sounds, I, I know you wouldn't want to read it because basically she was saying that the salon, the title of the article was misleading um, and that, you know, the reason probably I, I didn't read the articles because of the title. And I had to say back to her, no, I read it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just left it at that. Okay. And then I kind of sent it to a couple of my horror, my female horror friends. And so there seems to be this thing where people are trying to once again you know, blame horror. And what I'm saying to you, there's enough real life horrors in the world. Like to me, the scariest thing now is going to Texas and trying to go to Chili's and seeing people walking in with guns and open carry. And to me, that's a horror movie that's in the making. So, and however, I just want to say, I think you need to consider using that image of the the ships out there in the water as part of your pilot. That's interesting because it ties into what you were talking about, about that house, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know I mean, just think about that. Oh, I'll think, think about it. But, you know, Anne Elizabeth Moore, I appreciate you trying to figure out why these terrible things are happening in the world and why these two little girls did this and, and, and trying, to, trying to analyze horror as being a, a, a factor in that. But I think you're wrong. <laughs> and I will respectfully say to you that horror will save you. Okay. Horror is, if that's the case, then we should not be uh, reading Beowulf in school. Well, we should not be reading any mythology or any Shakespeare, for that matter. Because <laughs> uh, I don't know if you heard about Lady Macbeth. <laughs> that bitch was scandalous, okay. you know. So we need to really like stand back and not blame horror and just look at just the real horrors in the world. That has nothing to do with imaginary horror. And to you horror fans out there who I know who were feeling stung, because I know I'd, I was scared to read her comment section. Uh, and don't read your comment sections. <laughs> but, you know, horror fans, we will be vigilant. We will stand. And don't be ashamed 
to be out in public reading your horror books. <laughs> don't you let those people spit on you and tell you horrible things. Don't let them look at you crazy when you decide, yes, I'm going to see the next devil movie that's coming out and I'm going to eat popcorn and have fun. <laughs> don't do that. You be proud. You, see, you stand. You see, you see the door we up You right just go out there and you enjoy it because some of the best horror movies, some of the best storytelling in the world has come from the horror genre. So horror people, I've got your back. Got and good try. Next time, boo-boo. <laughs> okay. Next time. <laughs> well, look, on that note, well, again, man, this was a good one. Thank you, Rick, for you know hanging with us today. Sorry, Rick. I had to go off because you have such respect for genre, <laughs> and I had to let somebody know. Stop hating on horror. No, listen, I wanted to mention <laughs> Brothers Grimm and just... Oh, mm. my God. Thank mm. you. Brothers Grimm. But I have to give a couple... Um, um, I think I need to do it on this one. We got some five-star reviews. <clears throat> I need to at least like give some acknowledgement to some of the people who did it. Um, this one was called, the title was Let the Room Breathe. It was by Seesaw One. Um, he said, finally something real and unfiltered, uncut and loose, flavored and savory. The rant room is the truth. I love that shit. Ooh, it make, and it sounds like I need to eat a plate of gumbo because he made it sound <laughs> like we got some gumbo up in here. Well, thank you. The next one is by LA Guy 323 He said, if you are a fan of screenwriting movies, TV, etc., please do check out the show, Completely Authentic. Ooh, I like big you. words like that. I know. That's so sweet. <laughs> thank you, people. And then this next one is from Happy Henry. <clears throat> he says, this is a great podcast for screenwriters, both working and aspiring ones. I highly recommend it, as it is insightful and honest as can be. You see that? We're just doing some real talk. It's just us conversating. You know what I mean? So one last thing. Um, special, special thanks to... Um, we are in a bunch of countries right now, France, the UK, Canada, Germany, Russian Federation, the Russian Federation, okay, Japan, the Netherlands, Australia, um, and a bunch of other regions that, you know, didn't even come up. They're are trying we, to hide are we, themselves. Are we in China? I'm sure we're in China. Hi, China. Hi, China. What's up, China? What y'all doing over there? <laughs> Some of the best horror. <laughs> So yes. check it. Um, Rick Reynolds, where can they find you? You on uh, Twitter and all that stuff like that? What's up? Just a screenplay festival. So okay. there's, I think it's Twitter. It's at Screenplay Fest. Uh, okay, not festival, just fest. I think it's fest. Yeah, I think, I think it's just. And mm. uh, and of course, screenplayfestival.com. dot com. All right. Think about and Rick. Think about TV. Definitely think about TV. Mm-hmm. Go All ahead. Right. Keep going. Where can they find you? At least, at least a cold jam. I'm sorry, Rick. I didn't mean to cut you off. Were you, you going to say it? add I was more? Done. Okay. I'm good. Because <laughs> I had to go peruse on his website some more. I saw some stuff and I was like, hmm, I may have to enter this one. <laughs> Uh, just Twitter, and please don't follow me on Twitter. I try to warn people. Do you know the other day I had some pastors follow me? I'm like, what, no. are some, what are some pastors doing following me on Twitter? Like, they must have saw me say something else that must have sound really Christian-like and nice. And I thought, what a nice person. And I just want to apologize ahead of time. Um, just be forewarned. What you hear here is pretty much how I am on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I love writing. I love stories. So you can hit me up on Twitter. I swear to God, I will work on my blog page one day. <laughs> you know, but Twitter is my main space because it's fun. It's a lot of great info and a lot of fantastic writers that I follow. So okay. shout out to Twitter, but don't follow me. And I am Hilliard Guest. I'm your host. And uh, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know, all that shit. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, Please, please, please go on iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a five-star review. And uh, maybe we'll start shouting you out. I like how I just did that. Um, And uh, I have to give one little special little thing. Um, All you filmmakers out there, if you guys want to get any kind of color or um, sound design, I just went and hung out with my friend Sean at this cool-ass 
sound design studio that they just opened. It's called Tone Color Entertainment. Um, the color is spelt like the English way. The C-O-L-O-U-R. Uh, yeah. And it's um, www.tonecolorentertainment.com. Um, so check them out. So with that, thank you guys. Great show. What are we going to do? Keep it street. Mm-hmm. Keep it opinionated. Mm-hmm. And keep it what? 100. 100. Peace, y'all. Ciao. Yeah, man, I got something to get off my chest. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the rare room. Tongues won't be bitten. Ain't no rules. Just spill it. And anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. You tuning into the thrillers. And no, ain't no stop. Any topic, even the random I hope that you're ready, we entering in the zone soon We only grow shit, welcome to the rap room That's it, that's all I got to say